Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by choir Hello everyone listening. Welcome to a special episode of The Review Squared. So we are pretty much almost mid to late December. Um, people are getting ready to celebrate the holidays. Whatever holiday that may be, we hope you are safe. And, you know, just doing well or as well as you can, because we are in a panorama and, you know, there is a lot we can't control. But today we're going to talk about our favorite holiday songs. I'm Alejandro de la Cedra. I'm Gideon Karaoke. I'm Kirsten Dorman. I'm John Brown. I'm Haley Smilo. And we have a special guest with us today. Janelle Salanga, I hope I said that right. Um, how are you doing? I'm good. How about you, Alejandro? I'm good. Um, I'm excited to talk about holiday music. So if anyone wants to start off with any song they really like or just really passionate about, I think Gideon might have brought up a song he wanted to rant about. Um, yes. So let's this is more of a take than a favorite song. I'll get to his favorite song in a, a few minutes, but let me- I'm waiting for this one. There, there's a discourse, the discourse, you know, the, the fun discourse, the one we all see on social media and run away from the minute we see it, but we can't help but look at it. Anyways, but the, the discourse that comes up this time every year is on the song, Baby It's Cold Outside. And, Okay, there's a lot of takes on that, ranging from it, some of it, it's misogynist. It's like, or you're just a political correct, you know, insert thing against liberalism generally. Um, anyways, I want to take the balance take. So the, the line, say, what's in my drink, is not about date rape, folks. It's not, it's just not, it's just not. It's not about anything resembling that. It's really, and I've read a bunch of takes on this and I, I, I've seen enough of this to, to agree with this. The fact is, is that that line in Baby It's Cold Outside that makes it such a topic of the discourse is not about what people say it is. It's not horrible. It's in fact, the, the fact is that, you know, in the 50s society, you couldn't have a woman sleeping over like that, and it would have been wholly unacceptable. So she makes excuses for it. it it's it, that that's the take I've seen. Anyone want to fight me on this or agree with me or want to expound on that take? I mean, having seen also variants of takes on this particular song. I'm, I've seen it speculated that when she says, oh, what's in this drink, she could mean alcohol. You know, and that it's just implying that they've been drinking or however you want to interpret that. I think it's interesting just because the way that we've seen, like the concept of somebody sleeping over someone else's house overnight or staying the night, the way that we see it now is so much different that, I don't know, I guess it, it kind of comes down to the whole concept of like death of the author, right? If you put a piece of writing out there, does your original intent matter? If people don't interpret what you wrote the way that you meant it to be. Oh boy, death of the author, what a fun one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's an interesting question. Uh, does it mean, does it change meaning? Uh, like, does, it, does the author, like when whoever wrote the song, and no, I do not remember off the top of my head, I did not do much uh, research on that. Um, when they wrote it, it's like, okay, is it still theirs? And yeah, there's been a lot of interesting talk on that, on like things not related to holiday music, but yeah. Anything, anyone else have anything else to say about Baby It's Cold Outside? Any other, like, even if you disagree with me, which is fine. It's, that's just what I think. The song was written I think in, it's, oh. the song was written in 1944, 
Like it's an older song with like meanings that I don't think we would take the same today as Kirsten was saying earlier. They were probably writer. I don't know who the writer was. So he or she is probably, I'm assuming a he in this context, probably talking about like alcohol or literally just like a drink, drink, sorry, generally. Um, as far as the song goes, lots of good covers of it out there. It is a very covered song, um, which is interesting because of all the controversy around it. I think one of the weirder covers is the John Legend and Kelly Clarkson cover because they literally changed the lyrics to try to avoid the um, controversy around the song. I really can't stop. Baby, it's cold outside. I've gotta go away. I can call you right. Do I think that was the best way of dealing with it? Maybe, sure, if, if that's what they were going for. But like, it did kind of change the meaning of the song to an extent. So like, if you're gonna appreciate the song for what it is and like who came up with it and like the movie it was in even, and like changing the lyrics, I, I don't know if that makes that much sense there to try to avoid the controversy of date rape or whatever other controversies surround this song. I personally very much enjoyed the Glee cover of this song. I don't know if anyone remember, but um, this is the, I think it's in season three and in the episode, all of the characters are in like a fake, like black and white TV show. And it's the part where Kurt and Blaine, and then they sing it, they have like a duet. It's very cute. Um, I really can't but stay. baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go but away. baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been, been hoping that you so very nice. So very much enjoy that. I mean, I could say that about many Glee covers, um, you know. Ryan Murphy did a lot of bad things with that show, but that was one of the good things. Um, and with that, I think that'll wrap our discussion up on that song. I wanted to just give a quick recommendation before we go on to other songs. Um, I don't, I feel like this flew under the radar, but Ariana Grande dropped like a Christmas EP like three or four years ago. It's called Christmas and Chill. I highly recommend it. It's just like a fun, I think it's like just like four or five songs. Just like a fun, like kind of uh, like a very small feeling, little poppy um, hip hop influenced Christmas EP. So if you're looking for something a little different rather than the classics, um, I would recommend Christmas and Chill by Ariana Grande. Yeah, I'm gonna bring that up. I was like, anything Ariana Grande, give me like R&B, give me hip hop, add it to Christmas music. And it's like, it's what I'm, I grew up in a house where we listen to R&B and hip hop anyway. Like my dad's a music producer in the R&B and hip hop field. It's like what I listen to. So I was like, this is the album we're going with. It's great. She gives me great vibes. It's happy. It's uplifting. Her voice is amazing. So like, thank you. Thank you for bringing attention to that album. Uh, yes. I can't back that recommendation of more wholeheartedly it's such it's one of those things where you're in your like winter christmas pjs you can dance around in your bathroom with your toothbrush as your microphone and it's it's so perfect for that as opposed to like michael buble or something like that still great christmas music but it doesn't quite fit that very specific vibe phenomenal so good <laughs> if i may say oh sorry no, you can go get the If I may just say, bringing up Michael Bublé, it's not like the dude is in many ways like that voice of the season. When you go to the store, you can you can always hear Michael Bublé on, on the PA at any given grocery store in the United States. Be and I mean, it's solely because you know he sounds a lot like his style is very much you know classic pop, which you know a lot of American Christmas music came from that particular era. And so, not shocking Michael Bublé's big on Christmas, but 
yes, definitely a voice you hear a lot. I've always found a very interesting artist like Michael Bublé who have made their career off of sort of seasonal music. Um, and like, I don't know, um, just kind of like being boxed into that kind of thing. Because, you know, like Michael Bublé can do a lot of things, but I'm sure some people only know his Christmas music. So I wonder what it's like to be like, I'm talented, I can do more than just Christmas music. Cause I'm sure part of him is like, I'm, I'm just more than the Christmas guy. Um, but, you know, I think the royalty checks probably, you know, offset those feelings. On the seasonal music thing and like only doing Christmas music, there's also writers who literally only write Christmas music, which is ironic to me because a large number of those people happen to be Jewish and they're writing Christmas music. Like, um, let me look, I wrote his name down so I didn't forget it. Give me one second. Johnny Marks, who's like, way older dude, literally wrote Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, A Holly Jolly Christmas, and like a bunch of other songs written by him, Jewish guy who literally made a living off of writing Christmas music, like applause to him and like, you know, the fact that people are making money off of a holiday that like Christmas spirit, sure, yeah, holiday season, go for it. So we've got like Buble and these writers who are literally just known for their Christmas stuff, which is ironic again, because not all these people are even celebrating Christmas. I just think it's funny and ironic, as I mentioned. It's it's a really, uh, it can only happen in America level thing. Like it's just the particularly bizarre context of, Amer of the United States of America. This being one of the few places on earth where I could predict that kind of thing happening. Yeah, it, it's interesting. And you bring, Haley, you bringing up, uh, actually, I want to take this, take a slight pivot for a minute, because you bringing up Jewish composers and lyricists in relation to Christmas brings me to uh, Hanukkah. Now, I'm not, I'm not Jewish, and I don't know an extreme amount about Hanukkah. I know that one uh, common joke I've heard in media, at least, is that there's not very many about Hanukkah, which normally falls near Christmas. And Haley, I, you're, you're, you know more about this than I do, so if you want to talk. resident Jew here, unless someone else is Jewish, but I really don't think anyone else is. I, I don't think that's a bold assumption because I know these people pretty well. Yeah, um, no, Hanukkah music's a thing. Like, we, okay, Jews just pray. <laughs> like, Jewish music ends up being prayer. So, like, uh, you know, am I going to walk into a shopping mall and hear people singing Hebrew over intercoms? No. Do I want to hear that? No. I Like, okay, sure, Hebrew's great. I know some Hebrew and, like, it's fine, but I'm not planning to hear that over the intercom. Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel's fine, like, it's a good song, but it doesn't compare to, like, it's not, it, you know, it's not the vibes that Christmas music gives you. It, I have a little Dreidel, I made it out of clay, and when it's dry and ready, then Dreidel I shall play. It's time for Hanukkah is great. We love all the references to Jewish people who celebrate Hanukkah in that song. Put on your yarmulke, here comes Hanukkah. So much Hanukkah to celebrate Hanukkah. Hanukkah is the festival of lights. Instead of one day of presents, we have eight crazy nights. <laughs> but when you feel like the only kid in town without a Christmas tree, here's a list of people who are Jewish. Just like you and me. <laughs> David Lee Ross lights the menorah. So do Kirk Douglas, James Kahn, and the late Dinah Shora. But like, I'm sorry, Jews, myself included, Christmas music is just better. It's like ultimately, like, I, yes, representation, but we can stick to holiday music or Christmas music because um, we, we like I don't know how much we could sing about Hanukkah ultimately and like you know most Christmas songs tend to be about holiday spirit more than Christmas unless you go into some like really old songs my question there would be is there Kwanzaa music like if anyone needs representation it's them because we've got a couple songs yeah pause dreidel 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 by the way banger also, Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song from Saturday yeah. Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But yeah, it, the way he was Hanukkah that whole time, just, you know, great, love it. Right? But Haley brings up a really good point. Where's the Kwanzaa music? Does anybody want Kwanzaa music? I don't know what the market is for that. I, I honestly have no I idea. I just Googled it quick, and it seems that there are some Kwanzaa songs. They're just probably they're just not super mainstream. Um, but it, I'm glad they exist. But I think that there should be definitely more mainstream Kwanzaa music because for the people who celebrate that, I mean, I don't want them to have to struggle to like find music to celebrate. Yeah, I mean, it could be that nobody's just stumbled on the it factor yet. Maybe we need to like do more of that cross representation and have someone who just does not at all celebrate Kwanzaa <laughs> write the Kwanzaa music the same way we had people not so who don't celebrate Christmas write the really good Christmas music. Be like Blue Light of sing something about Kwanzaa and then you know everyone will fall in love and it'll be great. And it'll be great. Exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean homework for this episode go listen to some Kwanzaa music guys yeah I guess uh, I'll add a Kwanzaa song into this episode that um, I will remember to do that that's noted There was but, one song. Oh, no, you go. No, no, Kirsten, you were saying, sorry. No, no big deal. I just wanted to talk about, for whatever reason, there's one Christmas song that has always held a really special place in my heart, and it's Last Christmas by Wham. I don't know why, but... It is, it is one of the greatest of the contemporary Christmas songs. Really, though, it is. Every time it comes on, there's just this immediate rush of serotonin flooding my body, and I, I can't and won't explain it. The Taylor Swift cover is phenomenal. I love it. I love her. And really, I could go for either that or the original. Other covers are all right. It's a great song. So it's like mac and cheese. Even a bad cook can make mac and cheese and it'll still be pretty good for the most part because it's Wait. really hard to mess up mac and cheese. <laughs> Janelle, Janelle's giving objections, and I want to hear what you, your thoughts I are. Know, yeah. <laughs> I'm, okay, so I'm objecting to the mac and cheese part just because this is a sidebar, but I I don't think I'm a bad cook. Like, I, I think I'm okay, but okay. I have burned mac and cheese. Like, I've almost set the oven on fire by <laughs> making mac and cheese. So I no. don't know if that was a fluke, but it's my one anecdotal example to that statement not being true. Okay, so tentatively, I will say it's very hard to mess up mac and cheese, but it's even harder to mess up Last Christmas by Wham. It, this it, is true. A very mediocre musician. It's just such a good song people will bop along with you. And a fun fact that I would like to share about the origin of the song, one of the members, Andrew Ridgely, spoke to Smooth Radio and he said that it was actually at first written to be more about a failed relationship than about Christmas. And that it was just kind of a one-off line about them meeting a year later. And then here's what he had to say about transforming it into a more holiday-themed song. So, quote, George had performed musical alchemy, distilling the essence of Christmas into music, adding a lyric which told the tale of betrayed love was a masterstroke, and as he did so often, he touched hearts. And couldn't agree more. Definitely has touched mine. And there will not be a Christmas that goes by that I'm around for that I will not be belting out 
the lyrics to Last Christmas at least 10 times. <laughs> I think it particularly hits because like, even if you're not in a relationship, you still feel like that pain. You're like, oh damn, like they were gonna like, they had something and then it's gone. And once again, I have to bring up, I'm just gonna bring up Glee covers the whole thing because the Christmas episodes were so good. And like the whole scene of Finn and Rachel in the Christmas tree, like little thing. And then they were on opposite sides of the Christmas trees and then they're both singing and they come to the realization they can't be together. And it's just heartbreaking. And then they get back together like three episodes later. I want to go on a Glee detour really, really quickly. So they had a cut scene or a scene that they didn't use where they had Santana performing Santa Baby, and it was so good. And then they never used it. And I was like, Glee, why? You All the sass, all the amazing writing, and like, no, they just didn't use it. They had to give Rachel the spotlight the whole time and like have her sing all her songs when we could have had a Santana or not. Niagara Vera, rest in peace, by the way. Song of Santa Baby. Like, that would have been amazing. And I'm very mad at Ryan Murphy for doing that. Yeah, I mean, still, though, I, I got to agree with Alejandra. Like, every year, the Glee Christmas songs are truly the backbone of my Christmas playlists because I, yeah, Last Christmas, sung by um, Finn and Rachel, breaks my heart every time. Um, and also, okay. For all Rachel's melodrama, she does a really good rendition of um, River by Joni Mitchell originally. And I I also love that song because of yearning and I'm a huge proponent of yearning in general. So yeah, the Glee songs, I feel like capture a lot of like really cool, not really cool, but just a lot of emotions. And I think it makes um, it makes Christmas feel very layered. I don't know if anyone remembers, but when that like character Rory was on and he was from Ireland and he sang Blue Christmas because he couldn't go home to Ireland for Christmas. I'll have a blue Christmas without you. And that was good remember too. that. Um, um, yeah, for as little as material as they gave him to actually be like a good character that was a good cover um and one song that really i kind of mixed feelings on i want to hear everyone's opinions is silent night because i do think silent night is both a beautiful but also kind of tragic song i feel like it can be interpreted like as like new life or like death and so i want to hear like you know i feelings about silent night i, I agree with you uh, it, it can be interpreted either way. It can either, it can be, uh, I think it's, I think that's the idea. It's been meant to be both joyful and actually quite sorrowful at the same time. And yeah, no, it, it's one of the, uh, like of, of the holiday music, probably one of the, uh, the American holiday music canon, probably one of the more complicated ones in terms of emotion. I think it's very kind of two, two different frames of looking at it, I guess, because I never really had thought about the, the kind of tragic interpretation that you can have of the, the lyrics, but the more that I think about it, the more that it makes sense. And that, it's hmm, a little sad now. <laughs> yeah, because you have these joyful lyrics, like, these joyful lyrics contrasted with the sort of quiet, sad music. It, it, it feels very deliberate. Now, speaking, speaking as a Christian here, I think, and I don't know if this is what was author's intent or anything, um, probably was in my view, but the way I interpret it is like, here you have this joyful birth and then contrast with, well, we know how that story ends. It's so, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a foreshadowing song. It's a song that's it's like foreshadowing something tragic, but it's still acknowledging the beauty of it all at the same time. If anybody wants a great cover, um, there's a 
cover of it by Phoebe Bridgers and Fiona Apple, where they both sing Silent Night together. Um, it's pretty good. Was anybody going to that Phoebe Bridgers wait, cover of Silent you, Night? Or was I going to find out while recording a podcast? Well, you just found out. No, you just found out. I mean, she has like, she put out a whole Christmas EP, which is actually quite sad. So if anybody is just not looking to listen to the joy, Joyful songs, listen to that EP because it is pretty, um, it's pretty depressing, to be honest. I mean, not unlike most of Phoebe Bridgers' music, but um, that's an option. And also, I was wondering, I'm not sure if everyone here has seen the Polar Express, but I definitely think the Polar Express movie has some bops. Um, you know, we have songs like, um, hot, I don't know, yeah, Hot Chocolate. Um, That one's a good one. I think it's at the end credits, but it's called Believe by Josh Groban. Seems the magic slipped away. We find it all again on Christmas Day. Believe in what your heart is saying. Hear the melody that's playing. There's no time to waste. There's so much to celebrate. Um, and then there's the, I don't forget the name of the song, but it's like when the three of them are at the back of the train and they're singing the Northern Lights and then they sing that song. Um, so I was wondering if anybody has thoughts on the soundtrack of the Polar Express. This isn't a thought on the soundtrack, but Polar Express is a whole great movie, like amazing. And the music just adds to it. Like, yes, again, as we've gone on our like long playlist of the review squared music, it's gotta be on there. We need our Polar Express fix. And like, it's a movie that you can enjoy and watch with like your whole family. Like this is kids appropriate music. There are Christmas songs that like, maybe you don't wanna listen to with your kids if you want to go for it. But like, this is definitely family friendly music as far as Christmas music goes. Side note, but is, was anybody else scared? Like even till this day in the Polar Express is seen where he's in the other parts of the train and there's all those dolls and then one of them comes alive and he has to like escape. Was anybody else scared by that scene even like as an Yeah, no, that, that one always gets a little bit of uh, adrenaline into me watching that years later. <laughs> oh, absolutely same. I see like that it's coming up and I just kind of have to brace myself <laughs> as I'm sitting there like, darn, there's no like, I don't know there's no fear like the fear produced by the thought of being in a tight train car and all these puppets and dolls are hanging all around you no no I'm just gonna pass <laughs> I would agree um you know one can only be so lucky to just come outside of their door and a huge train just be outside and they're like Oh, we're gonna see Santa like. Um, also, I just realized that like I look at the cast and most of the characters don't have names for whatever reason. Like it's just hero boy, hero girl, know it all, lonely boy. Anyways, that's irrelevant, but I I did not know that. And I've seen that movie a bunch of times. I think Lonely Boy, his name is Billy or something like that. Yeah, Billy. But you're right, the um, character and the main girl, we don't know their names. And then I so, think it says Tom Hanks is like Scrooge. He's supposed to be Scrooge. Yeah, Tom oh, is Hanks. that who he's supposed to be? Yes. That's what, according to Google. I didn't know that. Tom Hanks is I didn't that's interesting. 
Did anybody well, else know. in the movie wondering what he was supposed to be? I mean, I thought he was just a train conductor, but apparently not. Um, and yeah, I don't want to get too far into that tangent, but I feel like one of the de facto songs, like top three, maybe top five most well-known songs are Jingle Bells. And honestly, I'm very, very tired of Jingle Bells, but I just need everyone else's thoughts because it's a classic, but it's like, I feel like we just need to retire Jingle Bells. Like it's not really doing anything for anyone other than just be very loud. Listen, I'm pro being very loud. And I think Jingle Bells is an excuse to be very loud. Also in elementary school, it was where I could, where we could shake the bells, the the bells the choir teacher had. I loved that so much. I can, it, it was like, come on. I get, it is definitely overworn. There's some good versions of that. I That's where I like Michael Bublé's version of the song. The song is actually very good. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. And... But yes, I understand where you're coming from, Alejandro, but I can't give it up. I can't. I just can't. Dean, I'm sorry, but unless I'm at a light show, like, I, it's just, yeah, no, maybe it's because I grew up in New York where literally every damn walk past the thing is someone ringing the bells and like singing jingle bells for all of December. And it's, it's great, but it's horrible because you're walking through like, 20 degrees snow and just listening to people shaking their bells and things but if you want good jingle bells the beginning of rivers inspired by jingle bells and that's my favorite part of jingle bells like ever so going back to river like that's where jingle bells shines because how she transitions it from like jingle bells to like this sad christmas song amazing love Oh my god, I did not know that. That's really cool. Um like listen, you'll you'll get it next time you listen to this. Yeah, I can already hear it in my head actually, which is really cool. I wow, her mind is just so big. Like growing up playing like the piano and instruments, it's just one of those things you pick up. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. um, oh, go ahead, Gideon. No, no, please go, Janelle. <laughs> no, I was going to say on the topic of sort of sad-ish songs, um, and I guess moving with the Phoebe Bridgers theme of indie, ish music um i have a recommendation for an ep it's kind of old um it came out in 2009 and it's by this band called slow club it's called christmas thanks for nothing and there's like six songs on it there's silent night um but there's also a bunch of other things called there's one song called it's christmas and you're boring me you've seen all of me i want to treat it accordingly but I which is basically about wanting to end a relationship um, with the person that you brought home for Christmas. So that's fun. And there's also um, one of my all-time favorite songs um, on the album called Christmas TV. To think of what might go wrong, but you can't blame me for secretly hoping that I'll prove you wrong. It's okay that I pray that you will miss your flight and have to stay with me another night. It is brutal, it's brutal, why can't you see? It's brutal, it's brutal, where have you been? Cause we're far apart and my lonely heart finds it hard to get through the night. You pull me out of the dark and now it's like which fun fact was in the TV show Chuck, which I don't know if folks know that show, but it was a real banger. And the song is also a real banger, but in the comforting sense, because I think um, that song is 
it's just exquisite. It's like one of those songs that makes you feel like you're wrapped up in a warm blanket and sitting near the fire with people you love. So yeah, that's my recommendation. That's one I've not heard of and one I cannot wait to hear because that sounds like a very different tack for Christmas music than the normal one. And actually, I do want to take a slightly different tack here, actually, while we're going on crazy different tacks here. We brought up the Polar Express's soundtrack, one that I think, to this day, I think one, probably my single favorite Christmas album is the score and music in a Charlie Brown Christmas. It's really, no, it's actually really good. Like, I, it's really good jazz and probably one of the best Christmas albums, hands down. I always, that that's the one I go back to. Like, I can watch a Charlie Brown Christmas and just, like, appreciate the music, like, the music behind it, just wildly good. Like, do not know how they managed to do like to throw that much at a kid's special like you don't see that every day but they did and it's cannot recommend a charlie brown christmas's score like even just yeah, the instrumentals are just really good i love charlie i have never watched it but i think if we're talking about scores and soundtracks um if any of you have watched the Netflix show Dash and Lily, the soundtrack for that is so good. Literally, it's been my Christmas. Aside from that Slow Club EP, it's been pretty much the only thing I've been playing to celebrate Christmas um, this past, like these past two, three weeks, just because it's so good. And the show combines two of my favorite things, Christmas and rom-coms. And okay, three, because I love young adult novels and four coming of age stories. So it's just a huge, wonderful mashup of these great things I love um, set to a soundtrack that really feels like, even the non-Christmas songs feel like Christmas. So it's that's another recommendation because I think that's probably, you know, Netflix, doesn't always deliver with their original content, but I found that like their soundtracks are always ones that I like vibe with. So yeah. Dash and Lily slap so hard. Like I can't believe like, I think they're like 16 or something in the show, like 15 or 16. But like, I was like yearning the whole time. Cause I was like, I want a relationship like that. Even though they didn't get together to like the last episode, it was just very romantic. Like the back and forth of them, exchanging the book and then like losing the book and trying to find each other again um but also side note about the show one thing i thought that was funny was that um lily's brother was like surprised that she had not gone clubbing yet like the episode where she goes clubbing and he's like how have you not gone clubbing yet like as expected like when you're 15 you're supposed to be clubbing and i was like i was just confused by that so i was like why is everyone mad at lily for not clubbing yet like that's not a normal thing you do when you're a teenager or at least i didn't go clubbing when i was a teenager um and yeah although i thought dash i thought his character was just sometimes i feel like he didn't deserve lily even though they are cute but um when i'm going through this list of on l.com of the best songs and i can't believe i forgot to bring this up but feliz navidad is like a classic like especially where my family and like where i'm from like in arizona i feel like it's a lot more commonplace than most English language songs. So if anybody wants to talk about Feliz Navidad. It's a great crumb of representation for us. It, it, we love it. <laughs> they, they're like, you know what? Here you go. <laughs> um, and most versions of the song that at least I hear out and about and played at parties and things, it's still like half in English. I don't know even if there is an all Spanish version, but it's still a good amount of it in English. So maybe maybe there's just a whole world of Spanish speaking like Christmas music that, you know, like more contemporary like this that I'm just not aware of. 
but it would be cool to see more of that also. So if anybody who's musically inclined is listening to this, you now have a full list, a full to-do list. Uh, we want more Hanukkah music, Kwanzaa music, and Spanish Christmas music. Please get on that. Thank you, XOXO. <laughs> Kristen, I'll tell you where you can find your full Spanish version. Ride the one train through Spanish Harlem, and you're gonna get your full version of people singing in Spanish, Feliz Navidad, you're gonna get it all. December, synonymous with Feliz Navidad on the one train. That That's my memories of Christmas, people running on the train with their organs, <laughs> their guitars, and their Christmas hats. Handing out candy canes and singing Zombie Don. I will so, immediately be doing that. Go, go, go to New York, go on the one train, and you'll get it. I promise. Thank I can't you. guarantee you all of it's great. There's some people who, I don't know how musically inclined you are. I understand that you need money for the holiday season. I get it. But like most of them are great. Like Subway singers, applause to you guys, especially for your Christmas performances. It's so. I kind of want to end the episode on a banger. I'm sure maybe some of you can guess what it is, but before I get to that, does anybody else have anything else they want to say before we get to the finale? You know, I just want to say before as we bring this episode to an end, like there's a like there's a lot of really cool, like I know holiday music generally could be, you know, cliche. There's the same five songs playing in the supermarket over and over. Every friend I've had who's worked retail literally wants to murder people when they hear holiday music and I don't blame them. But yeah, um, there's a lot of really cool stuff and I hope that this episode could have gotten you through some of them. Some things that I could go off on if we... Uh, because I don't want to take forever for this, is like uh, sort of like the line I draw between like, you know, the, I kind of categorize, because there's different categories, even if you're talking about solely Christmas music, which is the majority of it. Like, you know, there's the contemporary, um, the contemporary and the old, and then the secular and the sacred. And there's a lot of really good songs in each and every category. Um, by the way, one I did not say uh, while we were talking, and I won't go into a massive discussion about, is one of my favorites is Mary Did You Know. Really, 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 really love the cover by Pentatonix. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? That's not how I found out they existed. The first thing I heard from them was Mary Did You Know, and it, their, their cover of it is so beautiful. But yes, I just wanted to shout that out. Can I add one really quick? Um, it's like my favorite Christmas movie is like Home Alone. And I just like love like the music they play in there. And I live close to the Home Alone house and Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee is like one of my favorites. So that like gets me into like to the spirit and but I agree with like all the songs that we talked about. They're so good. It just like it gets you into the spirit. And one thing that I also wanted to add for anybody who is or was a fan of pop punk or pop punk adjacent music. My Chemical Romance did a cover of All I Want for Christmas Is You. It's on Spotify. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm gonna give you one more. If you want full rap music, Run DMC has a song called Christmas in Hollis. It was December 24th on Hollis Avenue, the dark. When I seen a man chilling with his dog in the park, I approached him very slowly with my heart full of fear. Looked at his dog, oh my God, a ill reindeer. But then I was really cool, the man had a beard and a bag full of pretty 12 o'clock at night. So I turned my head a second and the man was gone. It's a, they, their 
no cursing, no bad, nothing bad in it. It is a full rap song. Great, highly recommend. And they beat out bad for the award, for an award on uh, making a music video. Like, how do you beat Michael Jackson? I don't know. Two NYU students with the combination of Run DMC, they did it. So, like, go watch their music video. It's great. Thank you, Haley. I did not know that existed, so I will give, give it a listen. Um, and Kristen, actually, or I'm sorry, Kristen, I'm so sorry, um, basically hinted at the grand finale. In my opinion, pretty much the best Christmas song of all time. All I Want for Christmas is You by the Mariah Carey. I mean, as I'm looking at the Billboard Hot 100 right now, it is currently number one. Every holiday season, the streams keep going up, people buying it. It hits number one on the charts like clockwork. I mean, it's the song that keeps on giving. It's, it's just never going to get old. So let's talk about it. Listen, my housemates have put a moratorium on me. Like, I'm only allowed, it's only, okay, not just me, but the song itself is only allowed to play once, like, until, I mean, I leave for Christmas break, um, you know, for a month. But I, like, the Mariah Carey version exclusively. And I regret to say that I think after years of belting it out at holiday parties and listening to it on repeat like it has also fallen off my list and I barely I think for the past two years the song just like does not do it for me anymore I think it's it sucks because it's such a banger but I feel like the way that it's the response that it gets has absolutely ruined it for me Oh, at least the Mariah Carey version. I will say that the version that I do listen to now is actually the Glee version, which may be controversial, but I think Mercedes killed it during that version. So that's that's my hot take, is that the Glee version right now, at least um, for me, is better. Or not better, but more... It still feels novel. I would agree on that. Um, although I prefer the Mariah Carey version, Mercedes did an amazing job. I think a big part into why it's such a hit every year is that uh, Mariah Carey's pretty much as close to perfection of a pop star, of a singer as we're probably ever gonna get. I mean, her career is so illustrious. Um, when, the, when the sad, sad day when eventually she passes, which is, I hope is far, far, far into the future, um, I mean, we will all be sad. And I think just sort of that expression of the love from the song of just, um, you know, it's just like, oh, like we're so caught up in the glitz and the gamut of the gifts of the trees, the decoration. It's like, no, you're the person in my life that matters. And you're, you're, you are my present and that's it. That's all I need. And as long as we're together, nothing else matters. And I think it's even more relevant during the pandemic because so many people are isolated, particularly, you know, particularly families. And, you know, it doesn't just have to be romantic relationships, but it can be just like friendships or family relationship. It's like pretty much we're stuck with the people we're with. And it's like, that's all we need pretty much. Not to mention she makes like $4 million from that song every year. So like go off, make your money, get paid, like applause to her. And also I, I want to say it's O Santa that she just did with Ariana Grande. And um, why am I blanking on the other woman? Jennifer today? Hudson.
thank you. Yeah, that's great too. So like Mariah Carey and Ariana Grande and continue making Christmas music together. We love it. Thank you. The clip of them harmonizing that has been going around. Ooh, full body chills. It's such a magical thing for the two of them to be working together, especially on Christmas music. Yeah, no, that sounds absolutely wonderful. And guess what I'm doing after we're done recording? I'm going to run and listen to it. And all the songs that are referenced because I got to add them to the show. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, so unless anybody else has anything they want to say, I think that is a wrap on the first ever annual The Review Squared Christmas, or not Christmas, holiday music show. Hopefully we can do many, many more of these. As always, thank you everyone who keeps listening to our show. I know we're pretty small, but we have a very loyal listener base. So thank you for listening. And if you feel so inclined, um, please uh, share it with your friends. Um, you know, if you want, maybe you can just leave it open on your favorite app and, you know, we can keep playing and we can run up the numbers. Just kidding. We don't care about numbers here. Um, but yeah, you can always follow us on Twitter and Instagram at review underscore squared. And yeah, the next time we see you will be in 2021, hopefully a much better year than 2020. So with that, happy New Year's, everyone. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. The song at the start of the episode is The Christmas Song by Nat King Cole, and the song you're listening to is the instrumental version of Christmas Time is Here by the Vince Guaraldi Trio.